This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. When the cows come home, part two of four. There are a number of things that are being done today in monetary policy that are essentially band-aids placed to temporarily fix deep wounds from recession, continuous fiscal budget irresponsibility, and the pandemic that may well make the injuries themselves the lesser problem if and when they become putrescent and poisoning economy, which then succumbs to the cure. No one has even tried to balance a federal deficit for over 20 years, instead finding creative ways to finance our country with quantitative easing, Fed bond buying where they create money to float debt being assumed by the government and private sector, and reliance on artificially produced asset appreciation. Politicians of all persuasions could not employ any pain on constituents that would have come with fiscal austerity without electoral consequences, so have not tried. In fact, they have done the opposite, encouraging the mass production of sweet nothings traded for votes. The mindset is that the U.S. is so big and wonderful that it can flout the laws of economics and borrow and spend into oblivion without consequence. The fact that we are big and wonderful is what allows the illusions that have kept the current ship afloat. They have opened the gate and let the cows out. Soon they will get hungry and thirsty and eventually they get crazy and run amok, just like our country is poised in doing. They will not easily be put back in the yard. The last Treasury Secretary under which the federal budget was balanced was economist Larry Summers under President Clinton. Under the polarization that we now live under, the ideological right will have no interest in what he says, but he appears to be the one of the most conservative economists out there as a critic of Fed policy. Summers is employing good economic analysis in his observations. In a nutshell, he has been pointing out that Fed policy may be in a sense helpful in the short term, but will exacerbate long-term threats to the economy. They require that certain economic conditions be maintained that are unrealistic beyond rational expectation. They put us on the edge to where the next financial shock that comes would rip the band-aids off the wounds that we're currently trying to heal from. I have a chart that tells the story. The federal debt has soared, but financing that debt has had little consequence on the budget. Why is that? The answer, of course, is near zero interest rates from the Fed. The government is floating this debt for next to nothing. Debt has little to no bite as long as rates are artificially kept this low. The cost of servicing the federal debt has remained flat because rates fell despite the principal owed by the government inflating enormously. There does not appear to be an off-ramp that doesn't carry consequences. Even the word taper can send tremors through markets. Were the cost of financing the current $28.7 trillion in government debt to increase just 1% annually, it would add $287 billion to federal spending. Printing $287 added to our deficit would turn the U.S. dollar into fiat. Inflation would not be transitory. An increase in rates would or could crowd out the rest of funding for federal spending obligations, making a budget untenable. One of the greatest mistakes being made in Fed policy is financing long-term debt with short-term money. Even I buy the argument that now is a good time as any to borrow to fix, modernize, and expand our nation's infrastructure with these low rates. I am not convinced, however, that is what they will actually do because it is not what they are doing. 
Former U.S. Treasury Secretary Lawrence Summers said that the Federal Reserve's massive bond-buying program is resulting in a bizarre situation in which the government's funding structure is overly focused on the short term. Under its quantitative easing program, the Fed purchases longer-term treasuries, and the money it creates to buy them ends up in the accounts that banks hold with the central bank in the form of overnight reserves. These reserves earn a rate of interest that's linked to changeable overnight benchmarks, currently 0.15% per year. That, in effect, is the rate the government through the Fed is paying to borrow this money. At the same time, any payments the government makes on Treasury bonds to the Fed is ultimately a flow from one part of the government to another and arguably cancels itself out in the end. So the upshot is the government owes, in real terms, less longer-term fixed-rate debt and more shorter-term floating rate debt. In effect, the government now has a floating rate short-term liability outstanding rather than a long-term fixed interest rate liability. At a moment of super uncertainty, at a moment when many people think rates are remarkably low, a decision to fund more short seems bizarre. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.